You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm excited. We're going to launch into a new series today. The series is called Lifting the Standard. Lifting the Standard. It's based on a verse in Isaiah 59, which says, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Get ready, get ready. It's going to be an incredible series. And as I was beginning to prepare, the Lord's been dropping some things in my heart this morning for this morning that I'm really pumped to just kind of share with you all. But can we just start by just recognizing that 2020 was wicked? Like what in the world was 2020? Like 2020 was chaos from the get-go. It was like inside, outside, and backwards madness, right? I mean, even when, when I got to my birthday, my birthday's in November, so write that down. So my birthday's in November. When I got to my birthday in November, I even tried to convince my wife, hey, listen, I don't need to add a year to my age. She's like, why? I said, because 2020 didn't count. I mean, she, she didn't go for it, but it was like something from the Twilight Zone, right? In 2020 alone, we had a global pandemic. We had George Floyd and the race riots. Right, We saw suicide hotline calls go through the roof. We saw spikes in domestic abuse cases. Right, right. We saw our, our businesses shut down. We saw our schools shuttered and our kids isolated from their friends. And then, as if that wasn't enough, we had one of the most divisive and controversial elections in history. We even ran out of toilet paper, for goodness sake. Is anyone awake this morning? Gosh! And here we are in 2021, and if I'm honest, I feel like we're, we're living in the massive hangover of 2020, right? More lockdowns, more masks, more mandates, more madness. And don't even, don't even get me started on cancel culture. Don't even get me started on being woke. Being woke, oh my gosh. Being woke is nothing more than a race to see who can be the most offended. Am I right? Am I right? It's ridiculous, but listen, when I see what's going on, right, when I look at what's going on around us, when I see division, when I see hatred kind of just spread like a virus, right, when I see the rioting and the looting, when I see fear advance like wildfire, you know what I really see? What I see is the fingerprints of the enemy. I see his dirty little fingerprints all over it. Listen, church, I know it's early this morning, but let's shake it off. We're going to get after some things. Y'all with me? All right, all right, all right. So the title of my message this morning is Disrupt the Agenda. Disrupt the Agenda. You see, we've watched the enemy weave his web over the last 12, 18 months, right? We've watched him craft this, this narrative of hatred right, and hopelessness, of division and deceit, of terror and tyranny. You see, how many of you here have had enough? How many of you here think it's time we dig in our heels and say no more? How many of you think it's time we disrupt some things today? You see, in the book of John, Jesus tells us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But how many of you are sick to the teeth of watching the enemy have his way in our homes, 
in our businesses, in our relationships, in our city and across our country. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But watch this. Jesus then says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Everybody say full. Full. We've got to understand, church, that it is God's desire to do incredible things in us. No doubt. But it is also God's desire to do incredible things through us. You see, you and I, we have, we have a mandate, a calling, a role, and a responsibility. Our job is to pull heaven down on earth as it is in heaven. So church, if it doesn't look like heaven yet, then you and I, we're not finished yet. My job... My job, and frankly, if I'm honest, my joy is to disrupt the agenda of the enemy, to change the narrative, to take back territory that's been taken and bring heaven to earth. It's my responsibility to take God's super, lay it on top of riches natural, and usher in the kingdom of God. You see, you and I, we were created on purpose. You were created on purpose, but we were also created for purpose. If you're here this morning and you have a pulse, you have a purpose. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm pretty fired up this morning. Because we are gonna disrupt some things. Let me tell you, are you in? All right, buckle up, here we go. So the first point I wanna share with you this morning is that we need to be anchored in the storm. You see, if you and I are going to disrupt the agenda of the enemy around us, it starts with disrupting his agenda within us. You see, we can't kid ourselves, right? We've got to understand that the enemy has a plan for each and every one of us, and it is directly focused on our identity. Why? Because, because he understands that if he can... He can destroy you or at least take you out of the fight if he can just get you listening to lies about who you are. You see, he understands we're not going to be able to change the world around us if there's a war going on on the inside of us. So we need to anchor our identity in Christ. We need to be anchored in the storm. I want to jump into Matthew chapter 8. If you're taking notes, we're going to take a quick look at how Jesus deals with some storms. Joey, we're going to jump in at uh, verse 23. They all got into a boat. They began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, exhausted, fell asleep. Suddenly, a violent storm developed with waves so high that the boat was about to be swamped. Yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. The disciples woke him up saying, save us, Lord, we are going to die. Jesus reprimanded them. He's like, why why are you so gripped with fear? Where is your faith? Then watch this. He stood up. He rebuked the storm and he said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. The disciples were astonished and said to one another, who is this man? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So they're packed into this boat. Jesus, he's, he's passed out. He's asleep. And um, suddenly this, this storm begins to rage against them. And we read that Jesus continued to sleep soundly. <laughs> I sure wish my kids could figure that <laughs> part out. <laughs> but, but Jesus, 
losing my track here. All right, so Jesus continued to sleep soundly. Now, why does he do that? He does that because Jesus knows precisely who he is. Even if the disciples weren't sure, they said, who is this man? Jesus wasn't tripping. Jesus was sure and secure in who he was. He was sure in his identity. And watch this. He recognized he's not under the authority of that storm. Starts with identity. So, so my wife, Ruth, uh, she and I met at Bethel Church in Redding, California, 2011. And... Um, she was attending the church. I had flown out there for a conference that they were, atten- they were hosting. And um, the first night we met, our first conversation actually took place at an In-N-Out restaurant. Cla- classy, I know, right? Say classy. But hey, don't, don't despise small beginnings, okay? Everybody chill out. But listen, I would love to tell you all, right, that it was, oh, it was beautiful. It was love at first sight. I would love to tell you that she just could not resist. Why are you laughing? (laughs) My dashing good looks, my rugged Irish charm. (laughs) But some of you in this room already are beginning to realize that's not how this whole thing played out for Rich. In fact, after our first conversation, she went back over to her friends and she's like, I am never going to date that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that stung a little. I mean, I kind of proved her wrong. But over the course of the four weeks that I spent in California, right, she turned me down, watch this, no less than 17 times. 17! 17 times. Church, you got to understand, just to be clear, I wouldn't even have to be asking the girl out, right? I'd be like, hey, uh, so there's a whole bunch of us. We're going to be heading to the lake. If you want to be there, we'll be there from lunchtime onwards, you and your friends. Cool. She would text me right back, right back. I like you as a friend, nothing more. (laughs) So, wait a second. Wait a second. Does that mean you're coming to the beach or not? Like, I don't... Anyway, now obviously, obviously it all worked out in the end, right? But I'm not going to lie. It was, well, as I like to say, she saw the light. But it all started out, it was pretty tough sledding at the beginning, right? Because she wasn't sure and she didn't want to risk leading me on. Now, why do I share that story other than embarrassing myself? Um, I share it because every single time that she turned me down, right? I can tell you today that the enemy was right there in my ear attacking my identity. You're not funny enough. You're nothing. Who do you think you are trying to get a girl like that? You're a loser. You're not attractive enough. Does any of this sound familiar to anyone else in the room? I tell you this story because if Ruth had met me even a few years prior, it would have looked 100% different because those knockbacks would have knocked me out, right? Because I would have listened to the lies of the enemy about my identity, and as a result, my response would have looked entirely different. Entirely different. Frankly, Ruth and I probably wouldn't be together today. Um, 
But fortunately, I was rooted, my identity was rooted, not in the lies that the enemy was throwing my way, but in who Christ said I was. You see, when the enemy shouts his lies at us, right? When the storms rage and the winds whip, we need to anchor our identity in Christ. We need to be anchored in the storm. We need to be firm on the foundation of who he says we are. Why? Because you and I, we are not gonna overcome if we're busy believing that we're underneath. We will not overcome if we're busy believing we're underneath. You, you might say, but, but, um, but Rich, you don't, you don't know about what I've done. Like, you don't know about my past. It's true. But church, your past has passed. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our sins from us. You might say, but Rich, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't understand. I'm nothing special. Listen, listen. Our God has a habit cover to cover in the Bible of taking very ordinary people and using them to do things that are absolutely extraordinary. And you might say, oh, but you don't understand, like so-and-so over there, they're so great and so much more capable than me. Moses tried this too. Church, our God does not compare that which he creates. Yet we settle for the crumbs of comparison. Let me just... Let me just drop some straight truth here. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, you see Jesus would not have, have given absolutely everything for you if he didn't love you absolutely. He just wouldn't. If you are in Christ today, you are ransomed and redeemed. You are healed and forgiven. You are the righteousness of Christ. You are not your mistakes. You are not your past. You are an image bearer of the most high living God. But if you believe today that you're inadequate, if you, if you believe today that you don't measure up or that you won't amount to much, friend, let me tell you, those ideas did not come from the heart of heaven. That is not his heart for you. But when the storm raged against the boat, Jesus was at peace within because identity, his identity was rooted in, in who he was. It was rooted in truth. But the enemy's roadmap that we're going to rattle today is to strip us of our identity in Christ. Because listen, if he can get you believing that you're nothing, if he can get you believing right? That you're less than, that you're defined by your past, or get this, that you are, in fact, the opinions of other people. He knows he can take you out. But if, if you and I, if we're going to shift some things, it starts as an inside job. It starts with disrupting his agenda within you, right? Because believe me, when things change on the inside of you, Things will change around you. We need to anchor our identity in Christ. We need to anchor our identity in who he says we are. We need to be anchored in the storm. Y'all still with me? Yeah. 
All right, all right. So the second point I want to share with you this morning is that we need to be armed with authority. If we want to disrupt some things, if we want to turn the tide in our lives, it's imperative, right, that we understand and step into our kingdom authority. I want to share a quick story with you this morning uh, about a young man named John. Now, ever since John was a boy, John always wanted to be a police officer. John, ever since he was a kid, would play cops and robbers with all the kids in his street because all he ever really wanted to do was help people and stop the bad guys, right? And so even when he graduated from school, John marched down to the academy that same day and enrolled in officer training. And after about six months, um, John graduated as an officer of the law. Let's be real, John was probably also better at dating girls than Rich was. Just being real. And so he attended the graduation ceremony with his classmates where he was given his shiny new badge and with it, the authority of the law. John had arrived. Day one in the job, John gets up. He's so excited. He puts on his uniform. He takes off in his his patrol car. But not long after breakfast, a call comes in over the radio about an armed robbery taking place on a convenience store just around the corner from where he is. So, So John races to the scene only to find that the thief is still in the store holding the store owner at gunpoint while he empties the uh, the register right but in that moment john freezes john begins to think to himself who am i to deal with this i don't have the authority to take control in a situation like this are you kidding me the robber Unfortunately, notices John out of the corner of his eye. He panics, because John's in uniform. He panics, and he shoots the store owner and takes off down the street. John, he watches this whole thing unfold, like a deer in headlights, watching a movie in slow motion. You see, John had all the authority he could ever need for that moment. He carries the badge. He has the power of the law behind him. But he decides not to operate in the authority he's been given, and chaos reigns as a result. I want to challenge us this morning, church, that when we, as the people of God, don't step into and operate in the authority we've been given, chaos reigns as a result. Chaos reigns in our marriages, it reigns in our finances, our relationships, our businesses, and chaos reigns in our culture when we cower away from the authority we've been given in Christ. You see, I read this story and when I, when I looked at it, I was like, you know, these disciples, they've already begun to sink before even a single drop of water landed in the boat. Why? Because they were already drowning in fear since they believed they were under the authority of the storm. And you see, much like the boat, you and I, right, we don't, we don't sink when there's a storm around us. We don't sink when the waves are hitting against the side. We sink when we let that storm on the inside of us. That's how this thing works. Even over the course of the past year or so, Ruth and I, we've had to deal with some battles of our own, some storms we've went through, one of which was the very real threat of layoffs at my, ho- at my company. And so, and, and so that's a big deal, right? Um, now, Ruth, my wife, is a stay-at-home hero. And yeah, you heard me. That was not a slip. Listen, shout out for all the stay-at-home moms in the room. Y'all are amazing. And 
you think I'm just being polite. Listen, my wife is out of town at the moment. She's out of town. And I am very suddenly realizing what it takes <laughs> to be home alone with children. Oh my gosh, that beautiful woman is a saint. Some of you, some of you think I'm joking. My house currently looks like a scene from the daddy daycare movie, for goodness sake. Lord have mercy, send help. Um, so anyway, so Ruth, so Ruth is a, is a stay-at-home mom, and, and so that means my job is the primary source of income for our family. So the threat of layoffs is, is a pretty big deal. But more important than the threat of layoffs, more important than the storm that was around us, was that we didn't let fear take hold on the inside of us. So we refused to come under the authority of that storm, and we decided, you know what? We're just not going to participate in these layoffs. We're going to sit this one out. And just as importantly, we began to rebuke the storm, and it changed everything. Friend, I'm not going to pretend that I know what storm you're going through, what it is you're facing. But like Jesus showed us, you and I are not under the authority of any storm. In Christ, we are the head, not the tail. We are above, not beneath. In the book of Luke, Jesus says it this way. Now, understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon and you will overcome every power that Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. You see, we are equipped and we are empowered as change agents for the kingdom of God. We are called to be salt and to be light to this world, carrying the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside, cultivating change on the outside. One final comment on authority, and I'll, I'll finish this part with this because um, I want to move on. Um, but let me be very clear. Kingdom authority is not a power trip, okay? Walking in kingdom authority does not mean living in arrogance, okay? It simply means this. It means recognizing in your reflection that you bear the image of the most high God, then operating according to that image. If you and I want to disrupt the agenda, and I do, we have to be armed with authority. Shifting gears, the third and final point I want to share with you this morning is that we need to be active in turning the tide. Then he stood up, rebuked the storm, and said, be still, and instantly it became perfectly calm. You see, Jesus was rooted in truth when it came to his identity. That's why he could sleep in the storm. You see, Jesus had a very clear understanding when it came to his authority. That's why he wasn't gripped with fear when they woke him up. But watch this. It says, he stood up and rebuked the storm. If you and I are going to disrupt the agenda of the enemy. How many of you know it's about time we stood up and started rebuking some storms? Enough is enough, church. Because you and I, we cannot, we cannot overcome that which we will not confront. It will not go away by itself. We got to start rebuking some storms. We we are called to be salt and light in a dark and broken world. We've been anointed to stand up for what is right and speak out for what is true. We've been equipped, right, to carry revival fire on the inside of us. Partner with the Holy Spirit 
to tear down strongholds and bring change, bring heaven to the world around us. You see, I don't know how else to say this, guys. You are a weapon of righteousness in the hand of God to tell the devil about the bad day he's about to have. Oh my gosh, now listen. I need to confess something. Um, Can I just be really honest? It's just us, right? Devin, don't record this part. Uh, (laughs) I get a really big kick out of social media influencers. Like Facebook, Instagram, the whole, the whole nine. I, I get, I, I'm, I'm just amused. I'm amused by it. They get on there, right, with their selfie cams. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, I didn't know that I'd press record and here I am with my hair all messy. How embarrassing. They get on there, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, you guys, I just need to tell you about this product. It's incredible and amazing and incredible. Oh my gosh, I am obsessed. It's, it's amazing. They, like, I can't decide, is it brilliant? Or is it hilarious? Or is it both? I don't, I don't know where to put it, right? And if you're here and you're a social media influencer, sorry, Brinley. Um, if you're here and you're a social media influencer, I do want to direct you to submit all complaints to Vince.Craig at Pass. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's nothing wrong with being a social media influencer. I just want to suggest to you all that we are all influencers. You and I are kingdom influencers. You see, I mentioned purpose at the beginning. God has a calling on your life to do a thing that only you can do with your genetic makeup, with your unique personality in your sphere of influence. You know, praying about this message... Um, I felt God laid down a challenge for all of us, including me, to elevate our influence. Elevate our influence. I felt impressing us to raise our relentlessness. Because make no mistake, this does not happen by itself. This is a call to action, to keep our love on, to prophesy hope, to speak truth and stand up for what is right. Just one more thing. I want to talk a little bit about man's prayer. This is, this is precisely one of the things that I love about man's prayer. You see, man's prayer is an opportunity that I need in my life to stand shoulder to shoulder with the man of this house as we declare the goodness of God, as we cancel the assignment of the enemy, as we speak hope over this city, and as we rebuke the storms that are coming against. Honestly, the Emerge Conference and men's prayer specifically Somebody's excited. Let's go. But but it was it was really fundamental for me. It was it was it was important to me in my journey learning how to step into and operate in a different kind of boldness. For years prior, you see, I'd heard that the power of life and death resides in the tongue, right? You've all heard it. But it wasn't really until man's prayer that I actually got it deep down where I really live, where I got it. Surrounded by many of the men in this room, I began to finally understand. It was at man's prayer that I began to actually see with my own eyes that the authority, the word of God, right, in my mouth, in your mouth, carries the same authority as the word of God in his mouth. 
that's how good our God is. And as a result, it helped me to find my voice. You see, Jesus, he didn't just lay there watching the storm overtake the boat. He could have, but he didn't. He got up and he raised his voice. But the enemy wants you silent. The enemy wants you scared. The enemy wants you censored. But Rich, what if I upset someone's feelings? What if they don't like me anymore? What if I get unfriended or canceled by the woke mob? Listen, I would ask us all this morning, what if we don't stand up? What if we don't speak out? Remember, Jesus didn't run from culture. He didn't, he didn't shy away from ruffling some feathers, right? He, he challenged the Pharisees on the regular. He was unapologetic, and they hated him for it. I mentioned woke culture earlier. But let me tell you, church, I would rather be awake and attacked for it than be woke and welcomed in for it. I'd rather be attacked for being awake than welcomed for being woke. The late Justice Scalia said, a man who has made no enemies probably isn't a very good man at all. Now, obviously, I am not saying that we need to leave this place and go looking for enemies. It is essential that we keep our love on. But I'm simply recognizing today that standing for something could come at a cost. But church, this is not the time for you and I to shrink back. This is not the time for the church and the people of God to squirrel away and hide on the sidelines. We have a mandate. It is time for us to stir up our faith, connect it to your mouth, and prophesy hope. It is time for the church to rise up, to step into the authority that they've been given and push back the dark. Listen, it is time that we look the storm in the face and we rebuke and we say no more. It is time we stare at the chaos and the confusion and we declare the goodness of God. We declare the truth of God. We declare the justice of God. It is time we rise up. It is time that we speak the word of God over our families over our circumstances, our businesses, and our city. It is time to partner with the Holy Spirit and pull heaven down. We were made for this. We were made for such a time as this. Are you with me, church? He says, go, we go. He says, speak, we speak. He says, do the thing, and we do the thing. But listen, we do it with the full backing of heaven and the power of the living God behind us. We need to be active in turning the tide. Disruption, church, starts as an in, from the inside out. We've got to understand our true identity. We've got to step into our kingdom authority and we've got to prophesy change. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I'm gonna bring us into land. I wanna speak this morning specifically to two groups of people. If we wanna shift some things, if we wanna disrupt the agenda, it starts as an inside job. It starts with getting our heart right 
with Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you don't yet know what it is to walk out this thing with Jesus, or if you're here this morning and maybe you once made that commitment, but if you're honest, you recognize that you've maybe wandered from that relationship. If you're here today and you're realizing that Jesus would have not given absolutely everything for you if he didn't love you absolutely. If that's you this morning, if you want to put a stake in the ground and commit your life to Jesus or maybe recommit your life afresh, if that's you, then I want to ask you with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to raise a hand just so that I know who I'm praying with this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. Just shoot up a quick hand. One, friend, God loves you. He loves you. Two, your life will never, ever be the same. Three, all across this room, why don't we raise up a hand just so I know who I'm praying with. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see you at the back. Let's all pray this together as a church. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Today I repent and I turn my life to you. Today I choose to follow you with all my heart, to live for you all the days of my life. I invite you to come into my heart Thank you for walking with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give these beautiful people a round of applause this morning? Listen, if you, if you raise your hand, amazing, just amazing. If you raise your hand this morning, I'm gonna invite you to meet with our response team at the back after service. They're simply gonna try and connect with you. They're gonna try and get some resources to you and they're gonna try and help you with your next steps. But before we finish, I want to speak to a second group of people. I want to speak to those of you that might be in the middle of their own storm. I want to speak to those that know what it is to have the winds rage against them, to have the winds whip in their face. I want to speak to those that are ready, though, to turn the tide, those that are ready to disrupt some things. I want to pray with those that are set to step into their kingdom authority partner with the Holy Spirit. It could be in your work. It could be in your home, your health. It could be in your ministry. It could be in your marriage. If that's you, on three, I'm going to ask you to raise a hand. Just so I know who I'm praying with. Every head bowed, every eye closed, on the count of three. One, two, three. Incredible. This room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you that you see every storm that we face. Thank you, God, that you are with us in the midst of them all. Thank you, God, that you never leave nor forsake your people. But right now, in this moment, God, we invite you into this moment. We invite you as we stand against the enemy. 
we cancel every assignment of the enemy. We rebuke the lies of the liar. We call forth your will be done. God, we break any agreement we have made with the lies of the enemy about our identity, about our authority, or about our situation. We break off mindsets, God, of victimhood, of struggle and striving. God, where there is hopelessness today, we prophesy faith, hope, love. God, we declare freedom, breakthrough, healing. We, we break off, God, that which the enemy would seek to lay on us. God, we declare a shift, a shift in the circumstances, God, a shift in the narrative. We rebuke the storm and we declare that no weapon formed against your people shall prosper. We break off the chains of bondage and we pull down strongholds. In Jesus' name, we declare today that your promises, God, are yes and amen. As the people of God, we recognize that in you, we are the head, not the teal. We are above, not beneath. We recognize that in you, God, we are more than conquerors. This morning, God, we come into alignment with your word. We come into alignment, God, with a life of absolute fullness that you have for us. And in the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.